0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. It's July 20th, 1808. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors
1: On this day, the Emperor Napoleon issued a decree compelling French Jews to adopt surnames for many of them for the first time in their family's history. And this was about 17 years after the Jews in France had received full citizenship after the French Revolution, but Napoleon had an aggressive plan to assimilate them into French society by hook or by crook, and this was one of his devices for doing so.
2: Yeah, it's interesting for me like, as a Jew, looking at what napoleon's attitudes to jews were because i mean obviously you have to that at the time basically everyone who wasn't a jew was anti-semitic in europe and in most countries jews were put into ghettos so on the one hand it was quite progressive because he was sort of saying look french people jews pose no harm we can let these people into white society and they will integrate without you having to fear them but on the other hand it was saying to jews the only way we're going to accept you is if you do integrate which means marry out of your religion and your ethnic communities become more distant from your faith tell us what you're doing like create these uh, consistoires they called it which was like a kind of almost like trade body really for the different regionalities of french jews and i think the rabbis and the community leaders that were invited to be part of these consistoires must have felt flattered being asked to be involved because that put them on the same status as the catholics and the protestants who also had these unions But actually, it was kind of like Napoleon trying to find out from the back door, like, is this a fifth column? Do I need to worry Mm -hmm. about these guys? How can we get them to serve in the army? It's one of those whole questions, though,
0: like at a broad brush level, that surnames are so a part of the fabric of not just our society, but like all societies worldwide these days, that you don't sort of think of there being a genesis point where people kind of got surnames. And it came as a huge surprise to me that that Jews were late to the party in this case anyway. You know, I'm, I'm Jewish as well, but I had no idea that Jewish names historically tended to be uh, patronymic. So you were just kind of son of your father and that would obviously then not be fixed and it would change down the generations and it was only at this point in history with Napoleon that Jews started to take fixed names but even thinking about the fact that that non-Jews also had to sort of pick a point in history where where names got permanent and that obviously did happen at different
2: points around the world but Yeah. yeah it's just something that you take for granted that we've all got one Yeah, and also immigrants to this country now. So apparently, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I was told by a friend of mine whose name is Patel. I said to him one day, why are there so many Indians with the name Patel in the UK? Because in India, it's not as common a surname. But here it's the most common Indian surname. And he said that in his case, he'd been told that his ancestors, when they'd come to Britain... Uh, didn't have any paperwork and so they were asked for their surname when they got to Britain and they all said Patel because it was like an instant status upgrade from a lower caste Mm -hmm. because Patel means herdsman so everyone's like yeah yeah I'm a herdsman I'm basically I'm middle class right so it just meant I'm going to start this new life in Europe and it just makes you think god if I had to choose like these French Jews had to choose what name would I choose because there were restrictions weren't there Rebecca on what they were allowed to select
1: Yeah, so uh, first it should be said that there were lots of French Jews who did have surnames by this point who had integrated into French society. So they were allowed to keep whatever names they'd adopted over the generations. But the decree specified that uh, they couldn't use place names, which kind of makes sense because if you've got like 500 Jewish families in one town, you don't want them all to have that surname. And also the Old Testament names couldn't be used. They could be used as first names, but they couldn't be used as surnames. And if you think about the fact that traditionally Jewish surnames were patronyms, that meant that you couldn't just take your father's name and make that your surname. So Mm. one clever way that some families got around this was that, say your patronym was son of Benjamin. Well, in the Bible, there's a passage where the sons of Jacob are compared to various animals. Benjamin was compared to a wolf, so that became the name like wolf. And Naphtali, who was one of the other sons of Jacob, that, he was compared to a deer. And so that became oh, Hirsch, really cool. which is another common Jewish surname.
2: People typically, you know, around the world have chosen surnames that reflect their... Occupation, You know, that's how you get the bakers and, you know, I'm now struggling to think of another example than baker. The <laughs> Smiths. What else? Do you, the Smiths, right, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the occupations Jews were in in France were one of the reasons for the anti-Semitism. You wouldn't mm. want to choose to call yourself Jacob Moneylender, would you? That would be a bad <laughs> choice at that time. <laughs> you want to keep that quiet. So, you know, you're better off with John Smith.
1: We do have some evidence of occupational surnames as well. Not so much in France, but this process of Jewish communities being compelled to take fixed surnames was a process that went on in Europe from about the 1780s up through the 19th century the first country to enforce it was Austro-Hungary so obviously all those names were were German but there are occupational ones there's Schumacher shoemaker obviously Mm -hmm. Uh, Pfefferman, a pepper trader and Goldstein Uh, which someone who works with gold stones
2: yeah Mm -hmm. Zoltman, by the way Mm -hmm. of my colleague Helen is salt trader oh really I like
1: that. It's very, it's to the point, isn't it? You don't need to look too far into your family's occupational history when you've got that (laughs) surname.
0: Do you think it was weird to be the first Zoltzman that didn't trade salt? You know, the one who wanted to be an (laughs) actor, singer, dancer, (laughs) and was was like, oh, I know that I'm meant to just go to the family salt business, but I just
2: can't handle it. And (laughs) so, yeah. My family name actually is Schneiderman. It's man because when my lot came here in 1895, escaping a pogrom in Russia, They didn't want something so Germanic sounding. They knew they were coming to an anglicised place where they wanted to sound more English, even though man does sound German. It doesn't sound Jewish German. I've never, until preparing for this particular episode of this podcast, never bothered Google image searching my name Schneiderman. Mm. But I just typed it into Google image. It did bring up a load of people that looked a bit like me, which is a bit weird because (laughs) you look at man and it doesn't. Mm. And that's because, I assume, the reason they chose man is because there are also non-Jews from Germany called Man um and that happens the other way around doesn't it so there are uh non-jews now who have jewish sounding names this is one of the storylines in curb enthusiasm isn't it when he finds out that his attorney isn't jewish he's called berg and then he's disgusted to find out he's swedish and he dumps him because <laughs> he wants a jewish lawyer um and that's based on alec berg who's one of the uh writers of Kirby enthusiasm who is All swedish right. not jewish but everyone assumes he's jewish because he writes for Kirby enthusiasm <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, and one reason that that was so common is that when people could choose their own surnames, they often chose ones that sounded like their neighbours or, you know, that you could just put together two really nice-sounding words, and that's where a lot of the nicest Jewish surnames come from. Like, Goldbloom means golden flower. Rosenberg means hill of roses. So they're all all quite Mm. nice. There was a... There's Mm. a rumour, although there's no substantiation to it whatsoever, but it has been sort of passed around in, like, you know, the Jewish press that Jews were charged more money by officials to have the nicest names. And although there's no evidence that actually happened, you can see why this rumour arose, because some people got lumbered with awful names. The suspicion is that these were maybe the communities that were very, very isolated and they didn't want to engage at all. And so the Austrian officials would just give them a name. So you end up with people who have names like meaning monkey face.
2: <laughs> wow, so just like a practical joke, basically, from the Austrian authorities. I think it was,
1: time. yeah, a case of, oh, you haven't turned up. Well done getting a job, Mr. Betelam, meaning destitute.
2: Mm. Wow, that's amazing. The
0: most common surnames in the world, you won't be surprised to learn, are largely Chinese. The most common name in the world is Wang, uh, which has over 107 million uh, people living with that surname. Then Li, Zhang and Chen round out the top four. But as well as those massively, massively popular names, it's interesting to think of the names that are sort of dying out. According to the blog of My Heritage, they have this list of endangered names. And there are currently a number of names that have fewer than 20 contemporary bearers. A villain uh, is apparently in that endangered yes. list. Miracle and Relish also on the endangered list. Relish is a great name. It is, isn't it? Oh, It's not as if there's just been a small number of relishes always, but actually 142,000 ancestors claim the name Relish. It's just that now it's dying out. So, yeah, it's interesting to think that they'll come to an end.
1: And guys, for just £5 a month, you can sponsor one of these endangered surnames.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about McNichol, though? I presume, I mean, that doesn't sound Jewish. So is that Scottish-Irish?
0: Yeah, so the Jewish side of the family is my mother's family, which is the Jewish side of one's family, um, and their uh, Winnikov's was the Russian name that um,
2: came down to me in that direction. And we should say, Rebecca, so you you changed your name when you got married, so you're...
1: uh... (laughs) I genuinely thought you were going to tell me I changed my name because I was Jewish, and I was about to say, no, I'm not. Yes, I did change Although, of course, you do
2: have an Old Testament first name, don't you?
1: Yes, it means heifer, or noose, depending on the translation.
2: All beautiful things.
1: Yeah.
0: Tomorrow. Hey. We don't
2: do this no more. That bit. Ladies and Ladies gentlemen. and
0: gentlemen. It's my pleasure to introduce to you. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.
2: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long